Hey family, welcome to Normal with Autism. And this is Tara. Uh, we are walking with faith here on this side of the spectrum. Um, and this is the podcast where we invite those outside of our special needs community to engage with us at the kitchen table and hope to provide encouragement to those inside the special needs community. Hello, 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 and happy summer. Um, where are we at? We, I'm in my office today, um, and it is a pretty warm, humid summer day uh, here in Columbus. Would you come over and uh, check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Normal with Autism? You can see some of the summertime activities we've all been engaged in. Mostly we're hanging out in the backyard with the baby pool and the hose because it's free. And that's always awesome. And when you're over there, would you rate, review, and subscribe so you can check us out on Podbean or check us out on iTunes? Um, and if you rate, review, and subscribe, we get in front of, as Sarah would say, more ear holes that way. So I would really appreciate it. But yeah, come in and see us and see, you know, kind of a visual of, of what's been going on this summer. Um, I hope yours has been well so far. And this, um, this is kind of a, a mini episode in terms of I wrote it by myself and I'm recording it by myself usually. <laughs> My awesome friend Sarah is um, my co-host, um, but today I just I wanted to share some thoughts, and um, so this is kind of a mini episode. We'll have some full episodes returning about August 26th. I think is a good uh, time to come back. You know, everybody's going to be back in school by that time. Um, we'll be on a more regular schedule. Um, as it is, I am facing the next three weeks. After this week, the next three weeks, it's me and the little man and the big man. And we're going to be the three musketeers trying not to be crazy without routine and schedule over the next three weeks. So if you all are listening and you are praying people, will you, will you pray for this mama that um, I can come up with activities <laughs> to keep everybody happy and sane? and not losing their minds stuck in the house. And, you know, if you don't pray, um, that's fine too. Just hit me up with some good um, activity vibes. Activity vibes are important because I have no idea what I'm going to do for three weeks. Anyway, um, this episode is called Have You Seen Us? And I wanted to share some thoughts with you um, some stuff that happened to me over the weekend. And if I sound just a bit like in awe or just kind of woohoo um, or whoa, um, I'll, I'll share with you why. So I got the opportunity um, as a therapist, I have to get CEUs. And what that means is I have to go and take classes and um, take so many um, in, in different categories over two years so I can maintain my licensure with the state of Ohio. So um, I had the opportunity to um, go up to the Gestalt Institute in Cleveland for some of these um, CEUs. And um, it was pretty darn amazing. And if you're saying, 
what did you just say? Gesundheit? Gestalt? What? Um, so Gestalt is a theoretical orientation in, in counseling, um, in therapy. And basically, um, the, the theoretical orientation is like the pair of eyeglasses from which you view the world, from which you view your clients and your relationship with your clients. And there's, there's 11 basic theories from which all theories stem. And Gestalt is one of those first, like, original 11 basic theories. It's like the OG, original Gestalt. Um, so um, what is Gestalt theory? So quick, quick lesson. You're all going to want to be therapists after this. Gestalt theory is, is a lot of, like, here and now work, like what's going on for you in the moment, what's happening in the present, in your, in your mind, in your body, in your thoughts, and your feelings. It's basically a lot of, of tuning into yourself um, and, and how feelings move through and impact your body. And then your impact on the world and the world's impact on you. There's a lot of layers of interaction, you know, not just between you and yourself, but between you and other people, interpersonal, but then a big layer of like how I interact with the world at large, how it interacts with me. A lot of, lot of um, what's going on in this engagement between people and between their energies. So that's a quick overview of Gestalt. And so what happened this weekend um, is, was just an introduction to that theory. I spent three days there. I spent part of Friday, all of Saturday, part of Sunday. And it was an introduction to that theory and that work. Um, and I, I've always been interested in Gestalt because I was, I, I like to say I was raised by a Gestalt therapist, my mentor, the person who's seen me through the ups and downs of being a therapist over the last 15 years is a Gestalt therapist. And, um, you know, so I've had a exposure to that on a certain level. And so I was quite familiar with like how the work would go. I just, I didn't realize how impactful it would be to actually really fully participate it in that level. So basically what happened is, is I went to this beautiful old house in Cleveland and um, like anything that you stereotypically think of a therapist, like we're all crunchy granola and hippie boho vibe, like um, Birkenstocks and Crocs and you know, uh, loose easy clothes, like dresses and um, loose fitting kind of things and like you know I half expected um, someone you know like an old guy to walk older guy to walk in with like this long beard and like stroking it you know like and maybe with a pipe and a German accent yes it was all of that and more um, and it was beautiful um, so I walk in and I'm in this room this very large room with like 20 other people who are the participants along with myself and then two, um, two facilitators. So uh, the, the work started and it was, it was pretty amazing. We had three generations in the room. If you can if you believe that, that doesn't happen very often. We had boomers, um, so like people around my parents' age, people around my age, Generation X, what up, represent? And um, then millennials um, who always get a bad rap and I feel bad for them because I met some pretty cool millennials this weekend. 
Um, so we were from all different walks of life, all different backgrounds, all different careers, not just therapists in the room. And that really kind of surprised me because usually like, like these trainings are not cheap. And, you know, again, as therapists, we have to get these trainings every two years in order to maintain our licensure. And so it really, I was, I was, I think I was only one of maybe besides the facilitators, like maybe one of two or three other therapists in the room. Everybody else was just from all different um, careers or not careers. There were some people who, who, you know, were working in their home for whatever reason. Um, and so that was, that was neat. Um, and so we're, we're in this room and, and even sitting here now talking with you all about it, I am, um, I, I, I'm almost a loss for words for what happened. Um, it, it just like even thinking back on the, the impact, you know, as I'm kind of feeling it go through my body now, there's some gestalt work in action. Like it's just, it's funny. I told my husband, I said, I felt so Zen and, and I've kind of carried that, that feeling with me. So I want to talk about for a minute what what happened for me in this weekend and just kind of share with you like the complete, I don't even know what to call it, the complete shift that happened for me this weekend. Um, so basically what happened to start out, like, you know how you're in a group and they have like those icebreaker questions and, you know, we all went around and said like why we were here and kind of what we were getting out of it, what we wanted to get out of it. And we were just asked some questions and then guided to respond. Um, and as we moved through the weekend, it wasn't just like you were respond, you, you didn't just start responding from yourself, you were guided to respond from yourself, maybe make a connection with someone else in the room, have them connect back with you and like just kind of start an interpersonal dialogue that way while the rest of the group was watching. And it, it basically would go something like one of the major questions that they asked us was what do we yearn for? <sighs> let's just let's just all sit with that for a minute. What do you yearn for? As you can imagine, that question um, could open up a lot in, in, in someone if, if, if you're willing. It opened up a lot in me because I was willing and open to the experience. And so, so what would happen is like I would speak from what I would yearn for and someone else in the room would say, when you say that, like I hear you saying this and this is what was stirred up for me and I visualize this when you're talking, and then I would get a chance to respond back with thank you, you know, like I appreciate your visualization, or I appreciate, you know, your words, your experience, like it was just a lot of, this is what's going on for me, someone else could connect with that, they could throw that connection back at me, and then I could say to them, I see that connection and like realize that so there was never any like advice giving, which is dangerous. There was never any um, 
Like, why do you think that way? It was, it was mostly just like, what was going on for you in the moment when the other person was speaking? And then they would receive that back. They would receive that feedback back. Um, and there was a lot of back and forth. And in, in doing that work, just really making myself present in the moment and really focusing in on what was stirring inside of me um, and being open to receive what was stirring inside of others as I was impacting them with my presence and my words and just kind of holding that space. Like you, you weren't necessarily expecting anything from anybody else. You weren't necessarily expecting anything from yourself. Like we didn't really know where this whole process was going. There's, there, there was no like, you know, at the end, we must have these goals met or anything like that. It was just literally a, an experiment in the here and now, an experiment in trying to connect fully with yourself and trying to connect fully with others. Um, a major, 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 I can't put enough majors in this sentence a major shift happened for me doing that work in this weekend. I realized, I had this realization, I realized I was missing from my own life. I was missing from my own life. And let's just, let's just sit, sit with that for just a minute, missing from my own life. Um, have you ever felt this way? Have you ever felt like you were missing from your own life? I think, I think in order to explain this, it's important to uh, this explain this feeling. It's important to understand where it started to take root and it started to take root years ago um, and especially when I got invited to become a special needs parent and I accepted that invitation. Um, when I accepted the invitation to be a special needs parent, I slowly started disappearing from my own life. I slowly started disappearing from my own self. It was something that happened slowly and over time. And I'm kind of visualizing the, you know, the old black and white invisible man movie and like, um, like he kind of slowly dissolves and fades away. Like you can start to, there, it's like a process that didn't just all happen at once. Like he, I think that's how it happened anyway. Sorry, dad, it's been a while since I've watched it. My, my dad's really into old black and white science fiction scary movies. So I'm probably doing this a disservice, but like you you become you become more transparent, more invisible through this process and that was me. Um did did this happen for you? Do you do you resonate with this feeling? Has this happened for you? Is it happening now? Are you disappearing from your own life? Have you disappeared from your own life? Um and this feeling was of disappearing was one that I really had to work at. I, I had to, when what I mean by that is I had to work at getting to that feeling. I had to really dig 
to uncover, to name that specifically is that was what was going on for me. So let me, let me share with you kind of the layers I was hitting as I was going through this process this weekend. And keep in mind, and this is the beauty of therapy in general, everybody should go get therapy, um, including myself, and I'm, I am, I'm going to. Um, but the beauty of, of actual gestalt work is, is that um, there, there are these layers and this, like this, this feeling work that you do is just, it, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So th- I had to dig at this to uncover and, and here's the layers. Um, I think at first as a special needs parent, I experienced, I started to experience this sense of like shrinking and getting smaller and feeling small. I took the, the one pill in Alice in Wonderland, right? One makes you bigger, one makes you smaller. I took the one that made you smaller. And I, I did this in an effort, I think, from, from the trauma I experienced through what we went through with getting Finn's epilepsy diagnosis and like the trauma of watching your child kind of fight for their breath through a seizure and the trauma of not being at the mercy of that seizure and not knowing when it would end and not knowing the damage and the consequences from that. Um, you know, seeing your kid fight for their, their literal, their life, their life, um, that's traumatic. And the, the, the shift that occurred because of this epilepsy diagnosis, the shift in our family that occurred was trauma. Um, and so I think at first I experienced, started to experience the sense of smallness and making myself smaller and go like, not just going in on myself, but like literally like, as I'm telling you this, my body is like getting smaller and my voice gets smaller and my entire self gets smaller because I'm in a mode of self-protection, but also in this mode of like, I, I, there's no space to take up anymore for myself in part because um the challenges we were facing with Finn felt so big huge huge big epilepsy is so 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 big in our particular case and so I, I like like it was just instinctually like I made room for that and felt so small um, Finn's original epilepsy diagnoses, the two of them, included major cognitive delays and possible early death. That's big. That's big. And it's bigger than me, and it's bigger than me and my husband. It was bigger than our marriage. It was bigger than our family. It, it was just this looming, large bigness and I got smaller in response to that bigness and what he needed at the time in addition to this was so big he really needed at that point all my time all my energy all my attention like they say you know don't give yourself entirely over to your kids well Um, I made the choice to do that. I was going to say I didn't have a choice as a special needs parent, but I do. I did. 
I have a choice. I had a choice and I made it. I gave my entire self over to him at that point because that is what he required and I don't regret it. He's a healthier, happy kid because I was able to give him that time and attention and focus. What I regret, what I'm sad about, what hurts is making myself smaller in the process and not really understanding at that moment that that's what I was doing and not knowing how to not do it, that that part hurts. Um, and no one, no one asked me to do this. It's not like there was somebody that came along and was like, you will make yourself smaller to fit the needs of your child. That's not how this works. I think it was just for me kind of, and for everybody else too, other people, this natural human response to make room for what's critical in your life at the time. And na naturally we can, you know, as, as vessels, as human being vessels, we can only hold so much energy and so much space. And, and, um, you know, I just, I went to making myself smaller to be able to hold all this stuff um, that had entered our lives. And then he was diagnosed with autism. Ooh, and that, at that time, you know, you're, you know how like you're carrying groceries in from the grocery store from your car and you're like loaded up because you are not going to make two trips. And um, I, I think the visual falls way short, but, but basically getting his autism diagnosis like we were already carrying so much with his epilepsy and then so much big stuff. And then the universe said, oh, and, and by the way, here's here's another bag and and oh, don't break the eggs. And here, don't don't smash. Don't smash the bread. That's always really important. So we were carrying all this stuff and then we got more. And when I say we meet like me and my husband, my son, my other son, we were carrying all this stuff and we got more. Um, so with his autism diagnosis, this, this next layer hit where I went from feeling even smaller to the point pretty much where I felt invisible. So at that point, I felt very transparent and very just like not, not there. Um, in a way, I would show up to life and meetings and doctor's appointments and therapy appointments and IEP meetings and church and all these other places, but I never... I was never really, I don't know that I was ever really fully present or there and never, like, I don't know if I ever really felt seen or heard, not in the case where like, if I made a request about Finn's therapies or something like that, like I felt heard about that, but like, there was no, there was no pause to consider like where I was. And that was myself. I wasn't pausing to consider myself and that's with me. And there isn't a whole lot of that when you're in the room with other professionals. Um, they're not, they're not, they're not always checking in with the parents. They're not always checking in with, with you as the parent. Um, and I knew that people were there, they valued my input, but I couldn't, I, I couldn't take the time to connect with myself. I, I wasn't able to do that for, 
lots of reasons probably I wasn't connecting with myself anymore and then I felt that I really couldn't connect with other people and this invisibility feeling just started to get bigger and creep down more and more and more fast forward to this weekend that was you know again that started like years ago these feelings and I realized as I was sitting in this room there was just one more layer I needed to drop down to in that feeling to like really get it and I had um, I had numbed out for so long and I had all this digging to do and wasn't even aware that I had numbed out wasn't even really aware that I was I needed to get to this other layer to really start to connect again. Um, and so my first layer was feeling small, making room for the epilepsy, making room for autism, making room for all the appointments, making room for the teams of people that you're required to deal with. And there's, there was really no room left for me. And then the second layer of feeling invisible, not really being there to connect with like myself, and then not feeling like I could connect with others, feeling not really heard or seen. And then I hit this third and final layer this weekend in terms of describing just this overwhelming feeling in my life. I was missing from my own life. I was missing from my own life. I was trying to get found, um, you know, once you, once you realize that, then I don't know, maybe like for me, I almost went into like this panic mode of like, I need to fill, fill my day up with all these different things. So I was, I was trying to get found through my son and all his needs. I was trying to get found through church and get found through other activities and like volunteer activities and through other things and all those places. I kept looking and I couldn't really find myself. And I was still missing. The search party was still out there. So this weekend after I hit that layer and I saw it for what it was that I was missing from my own life and I acknowledged it, this seismic, shift happened like on my Richter scale it was a 10 and this seismic shift happened and um, it broke open inside of me and all this amazing energy that I had just been holding in just started like pouring out of me just pouring out of me um, all of it the this vast ocean was just sitting there and this this ocean of of oneness and connectedness and creativity oh, and peace and forgiveness and all these things that were not accessible to me previously because I felt small because I felt invisible because I was missing from my own life um, that it was all there it was all just waiting to be uncovered like I had my miners hat on and my pickaxe and like I broke through and then it was like oh you know it was it was there um, and I believe 
we all have this vast ocean within us that's just waiting to be broken open and waiting to be uncovered and we all have access to this unever this unending and ever expanding self-love and connection with ourselves and with others guys it's a um it's a uh, a rule a, a known fact the universe is expanding and i think we as human beings are expansive like we are expansive god is expansive we were made in that image the universe is expansive we are expanding and we spend so much time making ourselves so small so small so are you missing from your own life what layer do you need to get down to to discover your oceanness that's a word that I just made up um, did you know, by the way, that water has a calming effect on the body, like cooler water lowers your heart rate? Like you can, I think, well, besides the fact that we all need water to survive and like we're 70% water and it's a building block of life. Like when we get it, that's why we gravitate towards water. We gravitate towards like the blue, the water, the sand, the ocean. <sighs> like it's like calming. And so what layer do you need to get down to to discover your oceanness? Where is that feeling or feelings that you need to tune into? You know, like that radio dial, stop numbing out to it, but tune into to break it open, that last layer, and view your own ocean and see your bigness and your vastness and feel your own expanse feel connected to yourself again and those around you the real connection like slow down and take your time connection and i'm not putting the the parentheses on it like oh this has to be in person because in our autism community people have a hard time sometimes finding meaningful connection in person it's easier for them to do it online so that's good and that it's both and and if you connect online or you're connecting in person where's that real slow down take your time connection there's a new thing i just made up where where is your real slow down take your time connection who are those people in your life who are that real slow down take your time kind of connection people who can you practice connecting with because this takes practice and in Gestalt, they call it, um, I think it's confluence and bumping. So like when you connect, you'll, you'll confluence with people, like you'll, you'll flow with them. And then there's times when you connect and you bump up against each other. And that's okay too, because that's how we learn. So who are those people in your life who are that real slow down connection person? And who can you practice with? So if you, if you feel like you're missing from your own life, like I did, may you family 
be able to tune into yourself and get down to the layers that you have numbed out to. May you recognize then your own expanse and your own vastness and seek to connect deeply with yourselves and with others. And here is to the complexity in all of our journeys and may those who observe us do so with compassion, especially compassion for our amazing kiddos.